0: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Kaville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
1: Welcome, hello, and welcome to another edition of the O.N.G. Strike Zone. My name's Brian Fulford. That's uh, Kelvin Rozier. Yes, we can.
2: All right. I've got Snipe.
1: Beautiful segue. No, no. I, uh, <laughs> how's, how's everybody doing? We might have to try that again. Take two. Take two. Make sure we Let get everybody go. here. My goodness, man! Yeah, I worked that intro for like hours, and uh, you know, just kind of fell on, fell on its, fell on its, uh, on, on the dead leg. So, what's good? How's you it going We In and out,
3: my brother. We, you was playing out, in and out, but we got you, my brother. We here. Yeah, we ready. It's game week. Kay. Let's go. Uh, that's
1: Boy, right. Like, what all right. What in the world? What in the world? This uh, thing is I mean, moving
2: look, real slow.
1: All right. Yeah, though, don't say that. Don't say that. Let's, let's hope yeah, everything's working, working well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Kelvin said it. It's game week uh, after the bye week for FAMU football. We're back on to uh, game week against oh. Alabama a and this Saturday and three days away. So uh, looking forward to that game you know it's interesting I I didn't really realize this fellas we're actually playing three home games in four weeks so a good month of being at home and and sort of getting right after the tumultuous first two weeks of the season we we kind of get a month of just being home and being in our own backyard and, and kind of working on self. So uh, it's a good feeling, good feeling to have.
3: Agreed. We got to take advantage of it though. It won't matter.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um want to thank everybody for uh, jumping in early. Those of us watching us on YouTube and Facebook, uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. And then, uh, if you would for us, uh, make sure you download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google and Apple Play Store. Just search My JBN. My BCSN is where you can find it. All of our shows appear on the BCSN Pod Zone. That is the Pod Zone channel for the Black College Sports Network. Uh, for all of the shows that appear on a weekly basis you can find our show as well as a host of others all right so while the while the rattlers were were idle uh so to speak uh the rest of the SWAC pretty much well with the exception of maybe i think alabama state was also idle but we had some pretty interesting games as we kind of start the show with our week three roundup of the SWAC and i'm going to start with uh you know, the game that I don't think anybody predicted, and uh, Kelvin, it kind of forces you to have to kind of maybe rethink your stance about a particular team, is Texas Southern shutting out Southern 24 to nothing. I couldn't even think – look, that score didn't even seem right when I saw it. And then on our picks contest, they had it wrong. So I think they must have even thought – there's like, there's no way Southern lost 24 to nothing – <laughs> but they did. And uh man, how do you ev- how do you evaluate Southern how do you evaluate Texas Southern after that contest, Kelvin? And and are you now open to the idea and the thought of potentially picking Texas Southern down the road?
4: No.
3: <laughs> hey, uh at the end of the day, um my opinion of Texas Southern has not changed. They have they have a quarterback. They they have an offense. Uh they defense pitched a shot out against Southern. I'm not gonna poo poo on it. But uh, I will say, for me, this game was more about Southern, in my opinion. Um and they they don't appear to be who we thought they might could be. But it's still early. So they still got time to get it right, but they took a step back last week for sure. Absolutely. And congratulations to Texas Southern. I saw their coach after the game, um his response and everything. He he had he acknowledged that, you know, he had been hearing it especially about his defense and so forth and and he he said the right things uh but one game not make a season. So, do it again and then I will change my stance. <laughs>
1: Your thoughts, Kofi? Are you your thoughts on Southern, Texas Southern, that outcome?
2: This was, um, this was definitely a surprise. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, I I personally want to uh congratulate Texas Southern and their team. Obviously, they went out there and they played with tremendous effort and energy, um, they executed. Um, I have not seen, I can't even tell you the last time Texas Southern has shut out Southern University. I don't, I don't, that might be a first, um, that may be a first, That'll be something that I'd be interested in, in, uh, in seeing. I know Texas Southern has obviously beaten them. They beat them last year, but to shut them out, um, that's a big deal. So um, I think Southern, like Fam U, has to do some soul searching. I think that this is this is just one of those years, especially in the SWAT, where um it's not necessarily anything goes, but you know, nothing is, is gonna be nothing is as it may have felt like it was gonna be It may have been predicted to be. Um, you know. And uh, everybody has to prove themselves all over again. Whatever happened last year is last year. Whatever happened 10 years ago was 10 years ago. It does not matter today. It does not matter at this moment. And I think that that's uh, that's what these signs are going to have to uh, see. I think Edwin Moore said 1951 um, was the last time that Texas Southern uh, shut out Southern University. So that's huge, especially with uh duly quote unquote being a offensive guru for that to happen is a big deal <laughs> what, what, what was
1: that what was that I, you know i i get nervous when i start hearing people talking about someone being an offensive guru i get real nervous you know it's like yeah, offensive guru yeah you know that that's a that's a that's a feels like that's a trap you know that that it it doesn't last long put it like that you you know because i i think anybody who was an offensive guru uh, uh, uh eventually unless you are constantly reinventing yourself i i think people i think the other coaches catch up to what you're doing and so show me somebody who Reinvents himself every few years, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and and then maybe and maybe then I'll kind of buy into
0: I'll being her. that
1: that guru for an extended period of years, you know. Um, another track contest that was a big one over the weekend: Allcorn State, 30 to 19 victory over McNeese State. Um, it had been. Th- Fifteen previous tries black schools had lost to McNeese State. Uh, Alcorn State had lost the four previous times to McNeese State. This game, they went out and they, they took. It's like just like what they did against Stephen F. Austin, where they jumped out to a lead in the first half. This time they managed to actually hold on to the lead. I'll start with you, Kofi. How impressed were you with Alcorn State's performance over the weekend? I
2: knew that they could do it. I was happy to see them finish. Um, this will bode well for them uh, in the SWAC West. Um, you know, I think they have a formula. I think they understand who they are now. And uh, they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out. They are. They know who they are. They know what they have to do. They've been in the fire. They faced adversity. Um, they're going to be a tough out in the SWAC West. Um And that's one of the things that you gain by playing against good quality competition. Um, They should have beaten Stephen F. Austin. Um, Mm -hmm. They had that game. But the good thing about playing those games, especially out of conference early on, is you see where you are, you can evaluate your talent, see what you did wrong, and then make the necessary corrections the next time. Um, They finished McNeese off. And uh, for that to be a first-time win and on the road, without the band, without a whole lot of fanfare, without a whole lot of fans. That says a lot about the resolve of this team and the coaching staff being able to play to the team's strengths. Um, So Alcorn is going to, you know, I know um, a lot of people were looking down on them based off of what happened last year. But like I said, last year is last year. This is a whole new year, um, whole new teams, whole new schemes, whole new outlook, personnel, all of these things, and you have to go out and prove yourself all over again, and Alcorn is ready to take the West.
1: My uh, my preseason prediction to take the West, uh, I'll just throw that in there. Kelvin, uh, your thoughts on Alcorn's big win on the road? Hey, did
2: the Colts win? Did, did the Ouch. Colts win?
1: Kelvin, your your thoughts. Kelvin, your thoughts on Alcorn uh, and uh, their road performance. I, I think Kofi's mic or he got froze or something. I thought I heard something over there, but anyway, did, go ahead. Keep your
3: team out
2: my out your mouth.
1: <laughs> Keep my team out your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Keep my team out your mouth. Very well said. Well said. Hey, but
3: uh, um, the Swag needed a, a quality out of conference win. We've been playing these games, we hadn't been winning them, so to finally go ahead and and get a win and a pretty pretty good win, actually, you know, it was a Matt first night game since since pre COVID. So they were pretty uh supposedly pretty amped up for this game, and of course having been sixteen seventeen oh against the SWAT competition, I'm pretty sure they were fairly confident that they'll find a way to win this game. Um, so, you know, congratulations to Alcorn State. Um, they they did it for the, for the, you know, for themselves, of course, but it helps the whole conference as a whole. And um, as I said last week, the Rattlers need as many SWAT teams to win out-of-conference games as possible. Uh, just in case... And, and we do get on a roll this year. um. So, um, but, uh, but, you know, they, you got to say Alcorn's one of the favorites going into, uh, out of the swag West going, going for the remainder of the season. They've been consistent the entire, um, the entire year at this point.
1: How do you, okay, obviously look, we know this is just the first quarter of the season, but how do you look at the West now after you've seen teams, I, I think this is truly now we can start this uh, evaluate teams. We've seen three, maybe four games. Do you guys, I didn't both of you pick Southern? So, anyway, where, what are your thoughts on the West? How do you sort of handicap the West? After- I
2: was wrong. I was okay. flat out wrong. Um, I think Southern obviously is capable of still being solid. Um, they've got the talent to do it. But, um, they don't know who they are yet. And that's a big deal. Um, it's looking like my thing is going really, really fast up there. I don't know what's going on, but uh in a nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, one of the things that um I would pay attention to is the fact that LSU did not shut Southern university out. LSU didn't do it. Texas Southern did it. So, Swag play is a whole lot different than what you're going to see, you know, just about anywhere else. I think that obviously LSU could have done it, but, um, it's a whole new year, whole new ball game. And you have to come ready to play every week. Southern street credibility is gone. They're going to have to earn it back in a big way. Uh, and that's pretty much the same thing as fam. You, as far as the SWAC West is concerned, I would say you've got, um, you got coin first. Um, Grambling is going to be in there, and Prairie View. Um, after that, you got your your second tier with Southern University, Texas Southern, and um, UAPB.
1: Before you before you answer, Kelvin, let me let me add this, and I want you to maybe reflect on this or put this into your thoughts, uh, because I saw. Um... Uh, Spence Matthews kind of asked the question: Why are we judging our own teams by who we beat out of conference?
2: Because we've been
1: sucking in
2: conference. The SWAC has had a horrible record out of conference, and it, it needs to change. If you're going to see the profile of the conference begin to shift, um, we know we we know largely why. Uh, we've been in this 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 hellhole, suppose, so to speak, because we haven't put any kind of real money behind our programs um, from an administrative standpoint. Our budgets uh, have been lower than the people that we're trying to beat. That being said, um, there is a shift now. And so we want to take advantage of uh, the influx of talent that is coming back to HBCUs, and prove that the brand of football um, that we play is a solid brand. I mean, you've got people like Dion basically saying, you know, HBCU football, you're playing HBCU football. Like, And here's the deal, he wasn't lying. As offensive as that statement was, and even though he sounded like a Klansman, he wasn't lying. The last time an HBCU has won, uh, at a high level, was really 1978. And if we want to be really bold, I want to say maybe 1999 with, fam, you making it to the semifinals. Other than that, we've not done jack. I mean, McNeese State was 14, 15, 16-0. and 0. They were undefeated against the SWAC, and we have the nerve and audacity to ask, why does that matter? That's saying that our level of football it's not high and we've got to change that. We've got to change that. The only way we can change that is to
1: beat our out of conference folks. Yeah. Go ahead, jump in there, Kelvin.
3: Yeah, Kobe just kinda of stole my thunder. I mean, Dion put it out there. <laughs> and um I think what, what the SWAT has realized with fam ewens, we've played uh out of conference games all the time. Uh, you know, we used to play Georgia Southern Troy. And um Appalachian State and beat them. So, you know, that's kind of our my our fan base mindset, to be honest. We we try to um we we, we want to be great within our hood and we want to be great outside of our hood. That's pretty we, much the know. It. Right. Everybody. No no doubt. So, yeah. so it I, matters I, that we play out of so, conference competition and we beat them. It matters.
2: Yeah. So, Brother Spence, I just wanted to address your question. We're not helping. We help Power Fives in devaluing our conference status when we lose. (laughs) And I don't think I don't want to even put it on Power Fives anymore. When you have our presidents who don't value it or you have administrations that don't value it and you have fan bases that don't value it, then why should Power Fives value what we have? You know. If we don't value our product, if we don't upgrade our facilities, if we don't care about upgrading our coaching staff, if we don't care about taking our brand of football to another dimension and level, why should we depend on power five to do it? That's not their job. It's our job. Beat Good the point. people. Let's beat other people.
1: Yeah. Let, let's get into a few more games here. Um, some of the beatings that were taken by some schools uh, before we get into talking Jackson state and Grambling you had Alabama a still winless, coming into this ballgame winless after losing 28-3 by Austin P. Oklahoma State gets done in by uh, – or, excuse me, other way around. UAPB gets done in by Oklahoma State. Incarnate Word, now, you know, that team is like ranked number six, I think, top ten in FCS. Uh, and, and I think um, –
2: Preview is good, my, bro. Purview has a good squad. Solid. They were in that game. They are They solid. had opportunities, yeah. and if they find a QB that can complete some passes, they're going to be really, really, really tough to beat. Um, let well, me go well, back and address, well, huh?
1: Hold on, hold on a second. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me finish because I, I did want to make mention of one other score: uh, Delta State beating Mississippi Valley State, twenty-eight to seventeen. Who That's told you to bring that two. up? Nobody but you you could have left that I, off. I, I, I'm just mentioning. Look, we got to play these teams, so we got to mention. No, hey, look, if we're gonna talk you about it, you could have left that off. It. If you no, hadn't no. even mentioned that, nobody would have cared. Well,
0: I'm, messing, I mentioned with you, Brian. It, I'm so, messing with you. I'm messing I got with you. I'm
1: messing with you. Uh, what were you gonna add? You were gonna add something in there. You wanted to go back and address something real quick before we quickly. Get no, no, into, no, 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 uh, no. I think, the I think State that
2: you know what we have. What we have here, we have our forums, beautiful people. We're having a family discussion. This is a family discussion. What happens in our house, for the most part, is staying in our house. We're not devaluing our program. We're just basically stating what it is, you know. And, again, when we start to really value it, we need to take a real cold, hard look about where we are. I can honestly say that the MIAC brand of football is, is higher than where we are right now as a whole in the SWAC. Um, I think that, by and large, the, the, the percentage of teams – been the fact that we the SWAC has not won a celebration poll, the SWAC uh, in a long time. The fact that the SWAC has never won an FCS playoff game. The fact that, you know, although we lead in attendance, although we've got a lot of tree, we got XYZ, and there's no excuse as to why we are the way that we are. The point and the fact of the matter is we got to get it done on the field. I have to give credit where credit is due right now. The North Carolina Central, South Carolina State, even Morgan State is playing a good brand of football and they're proving it by what happens out of conference. It's the same thing that happens with the SEC when they go up against these other conferences, you know, and the other conferences don't come close to winning. It's kind of like, dang, boy, the SEC's conference is just off the chain. They are really, really, really good. That you can say, wow. you know, when the Big Ten loses to other schools and other conferences, it devalues. In every sport, every sport across the road, uh, uh, they, they look at what you do in conference and what you do out of conference. How can you compete nationally? Delta State is a quality Division II program. Delta State is a quality Division II pro- program. Delta State and the top Division II programs would give a lot of teams in uh, FCS a hard time, if not just outright beat them. They play a good brand of football. Do not let their division um, fool you into thinking that they can't play, because you'll get beat. And it's the same thing even with uh, the upper echelon of FCS. The top, the top five, top eight teams in FCS can compete in the FBS level and do. Quite well. So, you know, don't let the division uh classification fool you into thinking that somebody's worthless because they're in a division lower than you. Now, that being said, uh, I hate to talk about this, but I'm gonna bring it up. Um, you know, I, I really feel like Valley and their budget is they're playing out of their league. You know, I I, I don't want to yeah. say it, but you know, the fact of the matter is. They're not competitive in any sport in the SWAC. They're, they're, you know, they're looking like they're not going to be as competitive in football. They're not going to be competitive in basketball. They're not going to be competitive. and Lord knows they weren't competitive in baseball or softball. They're not going to be competitive in volleyball. You know, that money, they've got to really take a cold heart look at where they are athletically and whether or not they would benefit from going down a level. You know, and that's just the cold, hard facts of where they are. Why continue to spend all this money and not get anything in return when you could just go down a level and and try to reap some benefits and do something? Um, You know, and that's just my thoughts with that. But, you know, they they're, they're not somebody that's necessarily a pushover, but. You have to take a cold, hard look at it because the school only has, they've got under 2,000 students at this time. And people are like, well, yeah, why but- is that important? Because the other schools, you got other schools like Davidson that don't have them in. Well, Davidson and these other schools have old money. They've got large endowments. They've got supporters. They've got people that give back. They've got grants. They know how to multiply their money. That's not happening at Mississippi Valley. That's not happening at our HBCUs, you know, across the board. Really, here's the deal. Here's the deal, FAMU. Um, You know, if we don't get the right AD, if we don't get the right person in there, we also need to take a cold, hard look at moving down to Division II. Lord knows I don't want to do it. But the fact of the matter remains, we're not investing the kind of money that it takes to be successful at the FCS and the division one level by the way that we, we compete and also by the way that we service our athletes. It is what it is.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. Strong words. Let me move forward here and kind of wrap up our SWAC roundup here as we just kind of go back and recapping some of the weekends games before we get into talking more FAMU centric things. Uh, Jackson state, with a 66-24 win over Grambling State, um, it was close. Very it for at one point it was tied 14-14. Second half is where Jackson State dominated. I said this last week. I thought this was an impressive, dominant defense. They're backing it up on the offensive level. Shador with uh, Shador Sanders, four passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. They are. Sep- I, I, I've said this. I put them in a tier. Separate of everyone else in the conference right now so if i had, if you if you do tiers jackson state is in tier one now you've got other people in tier two us um alabama we state, in tier two, um, yeah. southern well i'm 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 looking i'm basing it on potential and roster now per, the results may prove otherwise but i'm looking at you know tier two for everyone else and we're all chasing outside stuff so uh, Kelvin, your, your thoughts just quick.
3: Yeah, so <clears throat> my, my thoughts are I watched that game. Um, it was, what, 21-17 halftime. Uh, JSU had jumped up fourteen zero, and then Grimler came back largely because they ran the ball and they created turnovers and they capitalized off those turnovers when they got them. Much like Arkansas State did, I don't understand what happens in coaches' mindset where they go to trying to pass, pass, pass against Jackson State. Is your best shot is to keep that offense off the field and to run at that defense because they play a lot of DBs and and they they they're a little bit smallish up front. So, um, to me, the key is to keep pounding them, man, and and and, and control the time of possession. And when Gremlin was doing that at a pretty decent level and getting some turnovers, um, they were competitive. When they got away from that and they started giving away turnovers, um, they were not competitive. I do agree with you that Jackson State is a is a is a different tier, only because of this, though. The margin of error is so slim with them. If you don't score touchdowns, you're not going to beat them. If you give their offense the ball – a lot, you're not going to beat them. They're going to put up points. So you have to be very disciplined, slow the game down, and play a keep away from that offense. And, and you got to pound a rock against them. And um, hopefully some coacher figure that out and stop trying to throw against them DBs <laughs> and that pass rush.
1: Uh, anything you want to add there, Kofi, before we get ready to head the break? You know,
2: just really, I just wanted to address, you know, just really the whole thing about us being in Tier 2. Um, uh, the jury's still out on this team. The jury is still out. You know, I know people are asking, you know, well, is, is any of these coaches going to be on the hot seat if they lose this game? I would say no. Um, but, you know, it would warm up just a little bit, especially we lose a, a home game. Um you know, obviously, but no. Uh, the deal is right now, FAMU has not proven itself um, on the field yet. They haven't proven, in spite of having or possessing all the talent that they do have, they haven't done it on the field. They haven't uh, beaten, I want to say, uh, on-level competition yet. And so it's uh, they got to put up or shut up. Um, there is little to no margin for error now and uh their identity is gonna have to forge through um this week and next week in order for it, it their over. uh to have
3: is one caveat to what you're saying i I don't but absolutely we have
2: to is that mine or is that Kelvin Did he get sniped
1: yeah i think i think that was uh i think that was kelvin who who got uh who got sniped there. All right, um, let's take a break, come back here with the second segment, get into a few of the topics, uh, more uh, Rattler-centric topics going on with our athletic department. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: It's been difficult because
3: I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice with them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine.
4: Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group
3: is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help To expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified don't delay call Cuvée.
4: HBCU, League Pass, watch your favorite black colleges.
5: Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. <laughs> seven times the... Yes. Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think.
4: to clinton paris and tampa's my community i grew
2: up here went to school here and my wife and i make our home here what makes tampa special
4: are its people so when i represent someone injured in my community it's personal call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service i will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve at the law office of clinton paris we take the pain out of being hurt
5: Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to MangosCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Tell your
1: mama hungry, papa hungry, like hungry.
5: Mangos Caribbean hungry. Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine.
1: open up the door.
0: I'm this is
2: Coles Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Coles Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store.
1: All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here. It's time to get into the Rattler Roundup. Um, just a little heads up to you at the top of hour number two. We're going to uh, talk with Mo Carter, the uh, news director, sports director at uh, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Mo, uh, I mean, he's ingrained with, uh, he's right there where Alabama AM is. Uh, talks to Coach Maynor and uh the guys with Alabama AM all the time. So we will uh get a chance to kind of go in depth and find out what the Bulldogs are bringing. Um maybe even find out when's the last time they've been 0-3, potentially 0-4. Uh it has been a it's been a while. So this has been a, a tough season for them. So uh but anyway, getting into the Rattler Roundup. One of the big news stories that came out in the course of just the last, what, 48 hours? We get the word that our good friend, Coach Mike Rice, is coming back to FAMU. Welcome home, Coach Mike Rice. What, a boy, what
4: a boy. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: This from Interim AD, Michael Smith. He said, quote, it's a delight to have Coach Rice back and part of the family again. We know our men's golf program will continue to have success We also thank assistant coach Mia Campbell for her willingness to step up and guide the program these past two months. Uh, And so just in case you've been in a foxhole and didn't really know what happened, of course, a couple months ago, Coach Rice uh, resigned and presumably had, by all accounts, had taken a position at Prairie View A&M where he was going to be leading their men and women's golf programs now he's back at FAMU. Uh, just... Kelvin, what can you what can you tell us? What do we know? How did this all come about?
3: I wish I, I could give you some intel on this, but all I can say is he's agreed to come on the show, uh, probably next week. So I tried to get him on tonight, but he's moving, I believe, back tonight. So. Uh, and but it's great news man he, he he had a loaded team uh i think we had a, around 10 plus golfers on the team that he's recruited um so um he, he had a lot of talent his you know his family was going to stay here in so so now he don't have to be separated from them and i'm pretty sure that he he got a counter offer late of some sort what that looks like. I don't know, but I can't wait for him to, the to share, share the news himself on that, but it's good for us.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. No, Hey, I mean, good for us. Uh, Kofi, does it, does it, does it, does it matter to you, the optics of, uh, you know, leaving, taking the new position, coming back. Um, I mean, all within a two month period, does it matter to you at all?
0: No,
2: I mean, um, (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just happy he's back
5: no, he I wanted to be he nice. I was
2: gonna say something smart but i i am gonna i'm gonna <laughs> I'm trying to be well, good wait. right now it's, it's right now, I'm happy yeah, he's right. back, and it's no yeah. shade against michael i was I was just simply gonna say he was gone for a shorter time than the queen was lying in state oh wow. <laughs> I mean
0: too soon. Hashtag too right no, back. I'm
1: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that uh, that led to I, I thought there was a lot of interesting speculation with that. I personally don't uh, and, care. I'm
2: just glad that he's back. He'll tell us when he come on the show next week. I'm good. I'm glad exactly. he's back. So, and I, one of the things I can say is. People say that they don't watch this show, they they you know, or they not looking at what's happening online. But I guarantee you, the news or whatever's being said is getting back because people are getting informed. And it was a shame we never should have lost him in the first place. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's really job one. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see, I want this A.D. search to be, uh, the, I don't want to say it be over. I want it to be the right pick so I can chill, so to speak. I can just rest and know that this is going to be a good job, I, you I, know, um, well, you're, you're the person that's in that seat begun. is going to do a very good job.
1: Huh? What's that song? We've only just begun. Uh, I so, hit. I mean, you, you, I yeah, okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, who knows? Yeah, who
2: don't, knows? Be, uh, don't be jinxing this and stuff. <laughs> that's going to send me off for right. a whole different all tangent. Right. I'm,
1: trying to, I'm trying to be good. Keep going. Okay, okay. Uh, moving on to some <laughs> other news um, regarding coaches. And this story kind of came out over the last 24 hours. And I want to say I first read a book. Mention of it by Gerald Thomas and the Democrat. Uh, And then we saw some comments by Coach Willie Simmons following a practice. But uh, I'm reading an article here from Football Scoop uh, where – and the title says, Loved ones of Florida A&M's James Spady asking for help after an in-game medical incident. So uh, Coach Spady, one of the assistant coaches uh, on our staff, um, during the season opener against North Carolina – Uh, Spadey apparently suffered a medical incident that caused him to lose his vision. Uh, There has been a GoFundMe set up to help Coach Spadey during this time, according to the article. Um, And I'm reading right here from the article after the game, he was taken to UNC Medical, or excuse me, UNC Memorial Hospital, where he spent a week in the intensive care unit before eventually being released on September Fifth, um, his wife, Barbara, left Arizona where she was caring for her mother um, and to be with him and get him home to Tallahassee, where they are today. The prognosis on when Coach Spadey's vision may return is unknown as of right now. Doctors believe it could be up to six months before his vision returns. Um, so there is a Go, GoFundMe page. Uh, I believe we do have that page uh just you know i know with these things you always want to kind of make sure that this you know the uh, of accuracy and things so um let's see if our producer is able to flash that up on her screen so you guys can see again uh so yeah that that's the the gofundme page there uh to to help coach spady um and so that's, uh, you know, as far as we don't know a whole lot, but, um, you know, we are just asking that you keep coach Spadey and his family in your prayers and thoughts. If you're able to give anything, um, I'm sure it'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, any, any, either of you want to add any comments?
3: Yeah, I, I just want to say, uh, uh, Keep your head up, keep uh, grinding, hanging there, coach. Do what, you, do what the doctor say so you can get better. And um, I look forward to, you know, to come back full strength. Um, but, you know, right now, family and your health is important. Uh, your presence is, is, is missed. It's going to be missed on the sidelines also. I mean, he's one of the senior statesmen, uh, assistant head coach, I think. So, uh, in that sense, you know, he's been a head coach. You know the words of wisdoms on game day. I'm I'm sure uh, are helpful, but right now that that's that's for him. That's not the priority. He needs to uh, get his health back. And we're always saying we family and so forth, and we support each other. And we need to make sure we support him with prayers and those who are able um, donations.
1: And you know I it's never you know it ne- a season never goes as as you expect it you know and and i think uh i i don't i don't let's just say one more challenge for this team to have to deal with and that's that's i'm not going to call it a distraction or anything that minimal but let's just say one more challenge that this team has to deal with you know um and i'm sure you know there there are guys uh who are who this affects more than others i'm sure uh but just for coach simmons to just have one of his trusted assistant coaches who i know he leans on and relies on to not be there and then with the change i mean you could go back as far as the changeover right at the end of what was that july you had you lose coaches that you probably didn't expect to lose in july a month away from camp starting and i i'll tell you i just I don't, you look, Lord knows how this season is going to play out, but I got a feeling yeah. when it's all said and done, coach Simmons is going to talk about uh, how this was probably his most challenging season as a head coach and leader. And so yeah. as you guys are watching coach Simmons, just, just take a second and appreciate, you know, you, you make plans and coaches are methodical in how they make plans and they want everything to be regimented and they despise dis just things that, that break away from the norm because they want established patterns. And so to be able to then have to deal with all of these challenges, man, i, I tell you, just keep that in mind as, as you guys watch Coach Simmons' work out here and, uh, and, and rally these troops. Um, and uh, props to everybody who can maintain their focus during these practices and games with everything going on. All right, I got to mention also in the roundup, this is a sign of, I mean, probably inevitable, but the uh, the top two administrative assistants behind the athletic director have moved on. Uh, earlier in the, the week, and this is all happening this week, uh, we saw that the senior women's administrator, uh, and I hope I'm saying her name, is it Carrie Lockley or is it Karai? Ray. Is it Carrie? Corey, okay. Coray. Thank you. Correa Lockley took the job uh, as the new Senior Associate Athletics Director for Finance and Administration at William and Mary. She was our Senior Women's Administrator. Basically, she was the number three person, or you could say the number two person, behind the AD in the athletic department. Um, that came out uh, on the 15th, you know, over the, that's probably Friday or so when that announcement came. And then uh, just seeing a tweet probably from Tuesday that um, the number one uh, assistant, or I guess you could say the number two guy in the athletic department, uh, Keith McClooney, um, sent a tweet saying, uh, thank you to those who helped us transform the student athlete experience for the young people that we have had the pl- a privilege of serving at FAMU. I'm blessed to have served during the greatest period of revenue generation in the history of the athletic department, hashtag first in, hashtag last out, deuces and a little icon of the lights going out. And so, presumably, the deputy director of athletics is gone. And so, uh, Kelvin, it just to me, it just signals the winds of change are are about to happen within the athletic department, and it's it's even going to be more challenging, not only for the interim AD right now, Michael Smith, who's holding the job, but for whomever is put into this position. Your thoughts?
3: There's a, short of a shortage of bodies, and have been a shortage of bodies uh, over the, basically this whole year, and that continues. We still have a lot of interims. Uh, in place in, in, in a lot of areas and um we just announced the i think equipment manager donald reed someone who's been with the program as an assistant equipment manager from for many years uh as the new permanent equipment manager for the team so um uh, congratulations donald and um but but you know it clears the deck for whoever's coming up next, right? We 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 figure we're gonna have a name, if not by the end of this week, definitely by the end of next week. Uh, even though we were supposed to have it by the Orange Blossom Classic, um, but uh, so so um, that person has to come in as soon as possible and hit the ground running. And that's why it's probably best to have somebody really experienced who has. Re- Relationships and, and connections, and can uh, probably pinpoint some folks because uh, we we won't they won't have a lot of time for the honeymoon. They got to get straight to work. Um. So, but but th- those two leaving are no surprise. Uh, the ad that hired them is no longer here, and uh, you know they've they they're moving on. They got jobs at a, a, other opportunities at other institutions
2: and you know we wish them well
1: uh Kofi you want to add anything quickly
2: no okay. no i mean kelvin um, kelvin basically said everything moving on
1: okay moving on um our lady rattlers uh volleyball team um you know we had uh coach uh Gokhan on last week um they they hit another hit another uh, tough patch here um essentially going winless in four games in five days uh, with losses. Uh, They were in, uh, I think it was a South Alabama Invitational uh, losing. uh, They lost uh, 3-0 to Ole Miss. Uh, I think those were close games, relatively close games. Uh, They lost 3-1 to Eastern Kentucky, lost 3-1 to South Alabama, came back and lost a tough five-setter on Sunday against UAB, um, I believe you were at that. Did you make it to that game, Kelvin?
3: No, I, I didn't. I, I went to see Woman King with uh, my daughter and my wife, so uh, we didn't get out in time. How was that? We saw the early, early mad Oh man, it's worth it, man! Everybody go see that. It's it's an awesome movie. Come out there feeling proud. <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, interesting. Uh I feel like that's a whole other podcast we might need to do. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the uh the team 0-4 uh last non-conference uh sort of group of games before they start up conference play, which will begin Friday night in Daytona Beach against uh BCU. So we start the defense of our SWAC title on the road, 6 p.m. Uh, in Daytona Beach, uh, that'd be anybody who's traveling, be a great opportunity to go to that game in Daytona Beach and then head over to Tallahassee if you plan on being in um, in Tally for the game this weekend. Uh, should make mention that we did have a couple of young ladies win SWAC honors from this past week as Brooke Hudson and Iramu Carr earned SWAC honors for the second consecutive week. Uh, Hudson earned Defensive Player of the Week. That is her third straight week doing so, and Iram earned Setter of the Week for the second week in a row. So, uh, congratulations uh, to those ladies. And I'm hopeful, even though our record sits at three and eleven overall, I'm, I'm hopeful about what we can do in the SWAC. Uh, you know, again, the only team in the SWAC that's beaten us is Jackson State. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that the that this team's veteran presence and the tough, the tougher opponents that they've dealt with prepares them to sort of run the table. I, I would love to see us run uh, 16 and zero in the SWAC uh, beginning with Bethune Cookman. And then I think they do return home next Wednesday against North Florida. I think it is. So that one will be six o'clock on Wednesday for them. Got to make mention of our tennis program, our women's tennis program. They were in the HBCU National Tournament this past weekend in College Park, Georgia. Uh, We finished fifth. And so, you know, congratulations uh, to those ladies. Of course, uh, we, we did win that tournament, I believe, back in 2019 before the year before, you know, obviously COVID and all that fun stuff uh we, we congratulate for
2: a fifth place like what are we doing what
1: well I, how many how many teams were in it i mean now if there was only six then i um, i mean how, what what am i missing what am i missing no you don't want to no no praise i mean for fifth.
2: It's, it's all right you know what i'm saying i get it but you know you 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 it's play to, to the win season. the game bro to the game. I I'm it. grateful for all of our athletes. I'm grateful for everybody that that competes for the orange and green. I'm grateful for everybody that that wakes up at 5 a.m. and gets out there and they bust their butts to try to get better. That being said, fifth place is 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 is, is not what we do uh, at FMU. Whether it's a young team, old team, seasoned team, medium team. We don't do we we don't want to do second place, let alone fifth. So, you know, you have to obviously look at that. I I the respect the process. is the standard. Yeah, oh, I respect it. the process. <laughs> I, I love I love the people that are participating, but we don't get we don't give away participation. I'm sorry, participation trophies at Florida A and M University. We don't give participation. Trophies at fam, you, you, you come out there. We're expecting you to do well. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm not downing the program, but I am kind of like looking like, okay, now, nah, you know. So, the, you know, last year we got our butts kicked in the SWAC, um, in the SWAC championship against Jackson State, and for me, we are in Florida. <laughs> Florida is a tennis state. We are connected with Georgia who also has a, a ton of uh tennis talent so I'm I'm wondering why you know we finish in 5th to told so, you I've told it. you
1: about that 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 Florida thing and we were, we talked about women's basketball we you know yeah, yeah Florida is great yes there are a lot of athletes they, and they, a lot they, of they losing too but, by the way but they play they play they play sports in other states and other cities Across the country and nation, as well. So let's not, you know, let's not put that all on just because we're in Florida. And I love that pause. Man, don't 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 you don't know, get I'm,
3: touchy because because I'm with COVID now. I'm trying not to go there.
1: I know you're gonna. I look, okay, is your state. I look, get you. I'm okay with that. about that.
3: We are Florida and M though.
2: Yeah.
1: I, Okay. okay. Look, I'm just saying okay. Again, this all started to... because hold on. This all started because I gave a congratulations for finishing fifth. I'm assuming, and I hate to I hate to have said that word. I'm assuming there was at least ten to twelve teams participating. And we finished fifth, which is over five. How is that good? If, I, if there was only Well, it wasn't last, damn it. And it wasn't it wasn't first and I, it could be. If there was only six, then I I apologize. I'll pull my congratulations off the table. Even but I'm out of- sure there was more. There was pretty sure there was more than eight to ten.
2: Anyway, Bruh. I know
1: you're telling me. Yeah, okay, okay.
2: Listen, fam, you don't have. I'm gonna be just blunt. Fam, you has no business finishing fifth in anything in tennis. That's ridiculous. Now, man, okay. Whether it's you personnel, know. listen, personnel I'm based, messing. whatever, you know. Whatever Coach Nikki needs, we need to figure out what we need to do because that kid—that is
1: not the standard at FAMU. Definitely not fit well, well, we know everybody's in need, so hell, let, let's just that—that that part we've established over the last four to five months of shows. So, pff,
2: geez, what do in you need, mean like and, You know, you know yeah, hey, got a point. Hey,
3: hey, COVID, Brian, got, I, I gotta, I gotta go with Brian on one thing. Eight point five is eight point five. We ain't got no administration. We, we got all these interim coaches and, and other things going on. All
1: right. We got work to do.
3: Hey, we got work to do.
1: Let's uh, let's take a break. Quick, two minutes. Coming back on the other side, Mo Carter is going to join us. We're going to get into breaking down this matchup. Alabama AM's coming to town. The Bulldogs are coming in. We're going to find out what they're bringing to the table and uh, a little bit more. So you guys, hang in there. Stay tuned. We'll be back in two minutes. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back. Five Star Backyards,
2: Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't
4: want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend. Made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and adds a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces.
6: It's like a machine. Around town, to get down.
4: Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time. You see Head and Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15. Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at Stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world.
5: Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvet Online Women's Boutique. Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic we can help find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org
4: Bounty versus the Old Family Dish Towel Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue so ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene Bounty, the quicker picker-upper.
1: All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, and joining us, uh, good friend, uh, Mo Carter, the sports director, uh, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Mo is on to talk to us a little bit about Alabama AM. and uh, Mo, how you doing this evening?
6: Hey, doing well, Brian. Appreciate you guys bringing me on. Obviously, you know, the life of a sports director during football season in the South is very, very busy. But glad I'm able to, you know, take some time out and chat with you guys about this upcoming weekend.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. So, okay, so and one of the things we like to do, uh, you know, for anybody who's just joining us, watching the show, we like to, you know, whenever FAMU's playing somebody, we always like to try to bring in somebody to give Rattler Nation a different perspective on the, you know, the other team, somebody who's more ingrained. And, uh, and obviously, you're right there in the backyard uh, with uh, Coach Connell Maynard and this team. And, and so, after, you know, they're coming into this contest uh, 0-3, uh, but they have had a challenging schedule, two FBS programs right off the bat, followed up by uh, a top twenty-five ranked Austin P program. How do you describe, or wh- how do you describe, the expectation preseason versus what we've seen from the first three weeks of Alabama A&M season?
6: Well, anyone that knows football, and you, uh, and then you take Alabama' a.m. schedule and look at it, you know for sure it was going to be tough coming out the gate. I mean, you know, going up against UAB, a team that has been very, very solid in Conference USA the last few years, and now they're rolling. Over. Did I expect it to be that much of a beat down? No, but you know that ended up happening. Um, they showed improvement the following week against Troy. Actually, had a lead for for a good while until you know that attrition started to show especially in the trenches and Troy eventually um you know started to chip away and chip away and now you look at that Troy team you know they're a Hail Mary fluke type play away from being basically undefeated on, on well being two and one on the year compared to where they are right now and then last week against Austin P, I thought it was their best opportunity to showcase what they really really could do on and on an even talent level based in whatnot. of course, Austin Peay, longtime member of the OVC, but now they're in the ASUN conference um, with uh, teams like University of North Alabama, which is right here in my backyard as well, along with uh, Jacksonville State and Kennesaw State. But, you know, they could not, they couldn't execute um, in certain stanchers, which kind of upset the fans a little bit here and there. So obviously after looking at it, yeah, you know, they've made improvements, but now that, those three games are over. When talking to Coach Connell Manor, he basically said this it's a brand new season. Every single game from here on out really, really will make or break their season because every single game they got left is a conference game within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And it all starts with a trip to Bragg Memorial Stadium this upcoming weekend against <clears throat> those Rattlers.
1: Has um have has Alabama A and M but well, obviously they have to find a replacement for Aquil Glass. I mean, life after Aquil, I'm sure, is the is storyline number one. What has that been like? Uh, I know, you know, two quarterbacks, uh, from what I'm looking at, uh, have gotten time uh, between Prince Casey and Xavier Langford. What's your evaluation of those two, or what what is Coach Maynard's evaluation of those two?
6: Well, let's go back to the spring. Um, obviously those two guys were really, really in the mix. And then if you add um I can't think it I can't remember his first name right now, but um the Williams kid that was a starter at Miami uh for, you oh, know, yeah. about a season and a half or whatever, really he was the front runner to basically take over that offense following a quill glass, but then young man to go ahead and take care of his life from a mental standpoint and decided just to step away completely from football which I totally understand I mean there's a whole lot going on that young man also had a lot of things going on or whatever so basically once he really stepped away it really became a two-man race between Quincy Casey and Xavier Langford. of course Xavier Langford had been the backup quarterback uh, in the previous two years under um Aquil Glass and <clears throat> Quincy Casey, you know, he had flashes when he was at Jackson State, actually had a real big game against Alabama A&M during that spring. But obviously, you know, Coach Sanders had different ideas for what his offense was going to look like and whatnot. So when you kind of look at both of those guys, obviously two different skill sets. And really during the fall, I felt that when I was at practice, I really couldn't see one really – um, get away from the other when it comes to from a competition standpoint, primarily because, you know, these guys have their strengths. Of course, Quincy Casey, more of a dual threat guy, while Xavier Langford more of an RPO uh, type guy who can run if he needs to, but running isn't going to be his first option. And obviously, you know, that offense they need to find a way to click under both of them and really neither one of them has kind of really taken the range so when we talked to coach manor especially after the game i asked him about it he basically said it's gonna be open season again through these first couple couple of game i mean excuse me not games first couple of days during practice as they get ready for fam and nine times of ten it's probably going to be a game time decision with one person going as a starter and the other person literally sitting right next to the offensive coordinator – well, not the offensive coordinator, the guy that's calling the plays on the sidelines, just knowing that his chance could come up next. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Kelvin.
3: So Coach Maynard hit the transfer portal hard. He brought in a lot of players. He really turned that roster over along with he lost a couple of guys who transferred out were big time and then of course the graduation so it's a lot of newness with uh, with uh, talent, but talent have you has that translated in these first three games during the fall practice have you seen that talent start to translate is there any person that has surprised you that particularly stands out or is that still a work in progress
6: I'll say it's kind of a it's a combination of both. Obviously, you know, you're going to have guys who've been a a part of the program that's still trying to, you know, show out. But then, you know, at the end of the day, Coach Maynard says the best, like everybody's position is basically up for grabs. Or whatever, minus two people. And those are the two people he bought to Swag Media Day in running back um, Gary Quarles and wide receiver Adu Fatai Ibrahim. Now, I'll say this I feel like the offense really hasn't been in, in sync as much with the guys. They've added, obviously, they've had some other problems or whatever, too. But defensive wise, I actually have been impressed with the way this defense has actually progressed or whatever from a game to game basis. And actually on Saturday, I thought they actually probably had one of their better efforts that they've had in quite a long time, to be honest with you. And I mean, you know, you kind of look at it. I mean, two guys I know for sure on that defense that have really kind of stood stood out. Avion Rice, a Florida guy uh, who's actually with a signee, of a, like an actual high school signee. And then uh, Moses Douglas is another guy. If I'm not mistaken, both of those guys like ranking their top five as far as like total tackles and all that. So I think those guys have like really, really kind of showed out. But of course, you know, when you have to look at like the whole tape and totality, there are other individuals. It's just a matter of where are they actually making their plays from uh week to week, but I'll keep it real with you, man. It's still a work in progress. Cause obviously all, a lot of those guys were together in the spring. Then they tried to come together in the, in the summer, then in the fall or whatever, at the end of the day, Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you know, you have to find a way to make these things happen. Uh, from my concern, if I'm Coach Man, I'm hoping these guys have, have it right going into the game on Saturday because, as he mentioned, the rest of the season really, really counts now.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kofi.
6: Uh, so
2: I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the culture in Huntsville concerning Alabama a and because uh, it seems like you know when I look at Huntsville, Huntsville is a lot, um, a lot like Jackson in terms of city size. Uh, in my opinion, it's a little bit more progressive. Um, what would it take? Like we, you we, uh,
1: we have, yeah, we may. Have, yeah, we may. We have got paused here. Um, but, but
3: but I think I get the gist of, the, uh, of his question is. Uh, I think he want to know what it's going to take for the Huntsville community to, to embrace uh and more, you know, in terms of – I got snot. – and so forth. Go ahead, Kofi. I, I was finishing it up for you, but you go ahead
2: and finish your question. <laughs> All right. So what is it going to take for Huntsville to embrace the Bulldogs like Jackson embraces
6: Jackson State? Well, obviously, support is going to be number one. Um, Now, to add with that, here's the thing. So Huntsville just bypassed Birmingham as the largest city in the state this past year. And about the next about three or four years, Huntsville will have the largest metro area as well. When you look at Huntsville, Decatur, Athens, um, and I guess I would say probably Priceville as well, kind of that whole uh, loop of section along 565 and I-65 as well. And of course, there are a lot of infrastructure things that are are either coming or they have expanded. Thus, for example, NASA, the Space Flight Center is here. Um, Everybody know, well, matter of fact, you guys are in Florida, so you know about the Artemis rocket. Well, that rocket was built right here in the city of Huntsville. You know, so you take a look at it like that. There's a huge monster Toyota plant. There's, I mean, I think the FBI just moved the regional office here as well. So, of course, you know, it's about now really building those relationships and seeing what kind of additional support you're going to go ahead and get. Because I think one thing that I think people tend not to understand is that Huntsville is not a predominantly urban city. Don't get me wrong. We have a large urban population here, but it is not a – predominantly large urban city like baton rouge is with southern university or jackson is with jackson state or montgomery is with alabama state as a matter of fact i'm actually can go out on a limb and probably say that alabama a&m's largest base that's closest to us isn't huntsville it probably is birmingham as a matter of fact so with that being said as for if you want to really get huntsville really on the notion of course obviously it's going to start with building relations and also you know, captivate these new individuals that are coming into the area each and every day. Of course, Alabama A&M right now um, now has a new president under Dr. Daniel Wims, and they also have a new athletic director as well. So, you know, when you have that newness, that means that those individuals can now have those new opportunities to meet new people and uh, build upon that so obviously it's going to be it's going to be a lot of give and take here or there but at the end of the day i really just think it's about really building those relationships and taking advantage of the transplants that are coming in as well because obviously hey i'm in the state of alabama so you know you always got to think it's going to be alabama it's going to be auburn then after that how can you kind of triculate into everything else afterwards that's really what it really boils down to
1: Hey, um, one of the things, Mo, I noted in kind of doing some research as I'm, as I'm coming back to AM, and uh, Florida AM versus Alabama A&M, and more so Willie Simmons and Connell Maynard. Both of them are now into their fifth year, and they have similar records. Um, Coach Simmons has 25 victories, I think like 14 losses. Um, Connell Maynard, 25 wins, like 16 losses. And interesting, though, Simmons has had, uh, obviously, he's the only season, the COVID year was the year that Alabama AM and m won a SWAC title. But Simmons has two back-to-back nine-win seasons. The most that A&M has ever had, I think, is seven in a year. How would you evaluate what these two coaches, and maybe specifically as you look at Maynard, and what these two have done over the five years, and maybe we talked about this a little bit before you came on, what they came into and how similar that looked compared to what they've sort of built now over the past five years.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is so similar to, like, really see the impact that both Connell Manor has made here in Huntsville with Alabama A&M and what Coach Willie Simmons has been able to do over there with Florida A&M. And the similarities literally back as just thinking about what those two guys took over program wise obviously I was paying attention to Will and Simmons with him being at Alcorn for a while and then eventually being the head coach at Prairie View and finding success and then he takes over FAMU which I think I remember him saying like he was back home and he felt good or whatever about being that but uh, obviously I know FAM was in the MEAC back then so I can't say my attention was on them as much but I don't really remember a lot of people being so excited about that last season for Coach Wood. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like a losing season or whatever. So, obviously, you know, You're a Coach right. goes You're into right. that situation, and they're like, all right, I have to find a way to build, build the program up. Let's reconnect with the fan base, get the people excited or whatever. And I think Coach Simmons has definitely, you know, done that during his time especially during those last couple of seasons in the Miac as well I know being like very very close to either getting to the celebration bowl or getting to the playoffs. moving over to the SWAC now obviously getting to the playoffs and you know even last year you know you're one point away from basically you know being the East champ and instead of going to the playoffs you're in that celebration bowl getting you know uh, opportunity to represent the SWAC or whatever in that situation so the fact that Simmons was able to come and do that and kind of elevate things with, I mean, excuse me, with Florida A&M has been good. As far as Coach Connell Maynard, I mean, he was kind of in a similar situation. I, I've been here six years now. So majority of my time uh, was either with Coach Connell Maynard as the a m football coach or with, um, with James Spady as the football coach at Alabama A&M. And if I go back to my time in Montgomery, obviously I was still paying attention to Alabama A&M even though I was covering Alabama State primarily. I mean – Coach Spader was a really, really nice guy, great coach and whatnot, but he just could not get Alabama a and up to the standard that they really, really wanted him to be. So, of course, Coach Manor comes in, takes over. Unfortunately, he's hit with a blow with an APR situation early on. But ever since Coach manner has been here every single year, They've had a winning season. They've never had a losing season under Coach Maynard. And obviously the spring season, no matter what your thoughts or whatever about it, because I know everybody has all kinds of opinions about what spring 2021 was really like. At the end of the day, I look at it like this. In the NCAA, they have to name a champion for spring and one for the fall. Alabama A&M's name and the trophy are right there for the spring. So he does have that championship or whatever. And that that was something that was huge. And along with that, Championship came in extension, meaning that he has more time to kind of build what he has going on here. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, yeah, Coach Maynard has definitely been someone here in Huntsville that has definitely rejuvenated the fan base and really, really made a lot of Bulldog fans. So I connect with or whatever kind of excited about following this team after going through several years in which they had no winning seasons from the previous administration and coaching staff just in general. So it is kind of crazy, like how much similar coach manners impact with AM and coach Simmons's impact with FAMU really are as well. And I guess, you know, with both of these guys wanting to stay with these programs for the next couple of years, it'd be very interesting to see what these battles continue to look like. And what kind of impact both guys will have on their programs. Mm, good point. Go ahead, Kelvin.
3: Yeah. So piggybacking off what you just said, um, last year, last year's game uh Alabama had a lot of breaks go their way they jumped out to uh you know three t- a three um score lead and um family was able to come back in the fourth quarter and um and uh with a couple of big plays and 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 still that win and that was coming right after the Jackson State game which uh you know that you know Basically, they were never in that game. Um, So I'm kind of interested to understand the psyche, both of the fan base at that time, uh, and then going into this game where, you know, they're 0-3, but now they're in a swag play. You know, what's kind of the feel of the community and and, and so forth in terms of what their expectations are for, for this team and this game?
6: Well, I'll tell you this, last year's game obviously was part of a three-game losing streak because, you know, even before the Jackson State game, they went on the road and lost a game to Grambling, in which I think they had seven turnovers total. And still had a chance to actually win the game at the end, which is still right. one of the craziest things I've probably ever seen in me covering college football for 13 years, all in all. But, yeah, you know, that that was in the midst of the three-game skid from Grambling to Jackson State and then the FAMU game. Obviously, a lot of a fans thought they had it in their hands, and then they blew the 18-point lead. So, you know, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, like, what's really, really going on here. I think if you look at last year's situation and move it to this year's situation, I don't think the panic button is as bad as it was last year as it is for this year. Primarily because the three losses came as non-conference situations um, this year compared to you know last year. Because at least last year, you dropped the Grambling game, you're like, okay, hey, we still have a little wiggle room or whatever. Then you dropped the Jackson game and you're like, okay, now we didn't drop two. So if you want to still stay in the East race, you're going to need Jackson to drop at least three and then you went on out or whatever and then obviously then dropping the fam it's like okay like statistically you knew within the next two three weeks you know it was kind of just over and a done deal and you're hoping for the postseason and after talking to a few people or whatever that have something to do with the postseason obviously A&M needed one more win to really snatch a postseason bid so from an at-large standpoint so the SWAT could have had two um Two guys going or whatever from an AM if AM wouldn't have lost one of those games. And I mean, right. and Coach Manner has talked about this many times. So, but getting away from last year, you look at this year, you know, I don't think the panic button is 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 there just yet. Just because swag play begins, it's a new season. Now, were there a lot of disappointed AM fans on Saturday? Absolutely, primarily because of this. Austin P, I would give them their props. They came in and they had a good game plan. They basically were like, all right, yeah, we'll let you move the ball down the field on us. But what happens when you get in the red zone? Can you be efficient? And the answer to that question was no. If you go back and look at one of my tweets, one of the main things I see is storyline for that game. Alabama AM and got to Austin Peay's 40-yard line seven times on Saturday and came away with three points. That's not a good situation. You're not going to win many ball games at that. Thus, Austin P got lots of short fields, and they took advantage of it in the 28-3 victory. And I also hate that because a defense, like I mentioned, probably played better games in quite some times. I probably got to go back all the way to when Jurek Bethune was playing on the defensive line, which was Coach Mann's first year, to probably see a good defensive performance from there. So, you know, you're able to hit that rewind button if you're a Bulldog fan. But also – They understand, I think, now with what they're up against with Florida A&M this week and then Jackson, Jackson State a little bit further down the line, but they're still in the east. And then also an emerging Alabama State team under head coach Eddie Robinson Jr. as well. So I'm not saying there's a worry and there's a hitting a panic button, but I think if you're a smart enough football fan, you know what's ahead of you and hopefully the football team does too.
1: I don't know. I'm, I might hit that panic button if I was an a fan, but Alabama A&M fan, rather. Uh, Kofi, go ahead. <laughs> so, obviously,
2: Alabama A&M has been to the mountaintop. They've got hardware um, to show for their championship, um, their football championship. But, you know, I want to say, since Dion has been in the conference, there has been a shift in terms of uh, how fans view, how coaches view, how maybe even administrators view um, wins and losses. Um, You know, uh, there was a time, I want to say, when Nick Saban came into Alabama that, you know, fan bases and coaches and everybody just kind of like had to look and say, okay, well, do we have a realistic chance to beat or knock off Nick Saban? Uh, You know, and if so, how often are we going to be able to do that? And I'm beginning to sense that same level of urgency um, here in the SWAC. It's like, okay, do we really have what it takes to knock off a Dion? If we're looking at going to the Celebration Bowl or even having a postseason bid, do we have what we need in place to knock him off? And I want to know what Alabama A&M's approach is going forward with this. And, you know, because, again, in the SEC – It cost Georgia at least two coaches um, before they got to uh, this guy. And then uh, LSU has gone through three. They're on their third coach now to try to knock off Nick. Texas A&M has a new coach in Jimbo trying to knock off Nick. Auburn has gone through three to try to knock off Nick. So I think it's three. Yeah. Three. Uh, to try Gene to Chizik, Gus
6: Malzahn, and now the current coach, Brian Harsin. Right,
2: three. Yeah, so I wanted to get Alabama A&M's approach on, you know, hey, we're going to beat Deion or we going to, you know, what we finna do.
6: Well, man, I'll tell you this, uh, for those that don't know or whatever, I'm actually a big, I'm a big historian as well. So obviously to add to what you just said, obviously, I think these things go in waves, no matter what conference you're in, no matter what league you're in. I think these things really, really go in waves. Obviously, I can go back even a little bit further. You know, you can go back to the old, old days in the swag when you had Marino K. I and mean, you had W.C. Gordon and you had Coach Eddie Robinson or whatever. You know, they kind of took their turns during the 70s and the 80s. And then you hit the 90s, there was a guy that made his way to Ban Rouge named Coach Pete Richardson. And Pete Richardson cost a whole lot of people jobs, not just in the swag, but really on the HBCU realm. And, I mean, obviously there were a lot of people that – you know, we're trying to be like, okay, how can we compete with Southern? How can we, you know, compete with the Jaguar Nation and, you know, knock them off? How can we, you know, get to the Heritage Bowl back in the day or get eventually to the FWAC Championship? And then, you know, following that, once Southern kind of went down a little bit, then all of a sudden Grambling rises. How can you knock off Doug Williams and Bruce Eugene and those guys? And then, you know, things continue to trickle, trickle out. And, I mean, I can even go ahead and say – you know, during what the 2010s, you know, really, if you look at it, coach Fred McNair and Alcorn, I mean, they had a stranglehold on the swag for quite some time, even though coach Broderick Favres, and and Grambling were able to kind of do some things from time to time. So yeah. I can totally agree with your assessment on the fact that now everybody's basically looking at Deion Sanders and State to be like, okay, if they're the benchmark, how can we get like them? Or how can we compete with them to, you know, to get victories and things of that nature? Obviously from a marketing standpoint, you're not going to beat Deion Sanders in a marketing standpoint. This, You're just not going to do it or whatever. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to find a way to either out-recruit him or out-coach him or out-coach his state. App and things of that nature. And obviously, I think once that game happened last year, it was a reality check for coach Maynard and the staff. And that's why they were like, okay, we got to go beef this defense up and eventually bring in a bunch of transfers and whatnot. And obviously these things take time. Let's not forget when Deion Sanders took over or whatever, you know, he took over in the fall, he prepared his team for the spring and things just didn't work out. So he went back to the well and then all of a sudden, you know, they're doing this and taking names last fall or whatever, all the way to a swag championship and eventually a spot in the Celebration Bowl. So, no, obviously I think, you know, for Alabama A&M, you know, Coach Maynard, he's he's a vet, so he knows what's up. He knows what, what has to be done. And, I mean, Bulldog Nation have definitely been in favor of what he's being done, what he's doing, especially since he has a championship. But now, you know, the stakes are higher, and it makes it even worse because Jackson State is in your division. So it would be one thing if Jackson State was like in the West and A&M was in the East and they only played each other so many whatever times over whatever year. You may not only see them until the SWAC championship game, but because they're in your division, it's a completely different situation. And as I mentioned before, it's still the same way across the board. I mean, think about LSU all those years where they had good teams, but guess what? They couldn't beat Nick Saban in Alabama for year after year after year. You can go all the way back to the 90s. You guys are all in Florida, so you, you know exactly where I'm coming from this. If you were in the East and you wasn't beating Steve Spurrier, you might as well go ahead and just, you know, hang it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still trip out to this day that Peyton Manning, as good as he was at Tennessee, never beat Florida. Right. Never, yep, never yep. beat Florida. And you look at some of the stats he had in those games, off the chain. But guess what? He still never beat Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier and the Gators. Luckily, his senior year, though – you know, the Gators dropped the game at LSU, and then I think they lost to Georgia as well, and two losses compared to Tennessee's one loss. Got Tennessee in the SEC championship and got, got Peyton his only SEC, you know, ring. So, you know, sometimes those things have to happen like that, and luck has to be on your side or whatever, too. But going back to the whole thing from a totalist standpoint, absolutely. Yeah, Deion is definitely, like, basically set the standard for current, and yeah, everybody's got to basically play catch-up now. I mean, I think that's really everybody. I mean... Alabama and Alabama State, um, Alcorn State, if you want to look at it from the west side, um, Southern, Grambling. I think everybody's like looking at it and be like, okay, what do we have to do to elevate our programs to get to this spot?
1: All right, Mo. Hey, uh, you've been gracious Thank with your you. time this evening. I know you've got to go to the studio a little bit later, uh, but give us – I'm not going to ask you for a prediction, but maybe give us the – Alabama A&M can win if
6: they do what? Alabama AM can win if two things happen. First thing, offensive consistency. It just didn't happen last week. You know, as I mentioned, they got to Austin Peay's 40-yard line seven times and came away with three points. So they have to have some kind of consistency with offense. And secondly, they're going to need – I hate to say this, but they're going to need their defense to step it up even more than what they've actually been doing. What I mean by step it up, either find a way to give the offense shorter fields or find a way to get points off of turnovers as well. So I hate to really, really sound real, real simple, but I really think that's what it really is going to take for Alabama AM and to come to brag and, you know, pull off a victory uh, on Saturday. Um, and then obviously it's not going to be an easy situation all in all, but. As I mentioned before, they say it's a brand new season, so hopefully that is clicking in the minds of these Bulldog players as they get ready to take a trip down to the state capital of Florida. So, yeah, definitely. Offense consistency and defense, you're just going to have to do more than what you've already been doing or whatever, so you have to elevate your game if that to happen on Saturday for a W.
1: Yeah, well, this will be interesting. The the series has uh, gone FAMU's way for many years, obviously, a lot of that was in the sixties and seventies, but uh, uh we'll see. We'll see. The last game last year they gave us a good game. We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't have us in uh hopefully it doesn't have our heart racing like it did last year, man, because that was that was nerve wracking to watch. But uh good game, I guess, just in general. So um we'll we'll hope for the best. Uh Mo, let people know how they can follow you, where they can find you, and uh are you gonna be coming to Tallahassee shooting? covering or somebody else you sending somebody
6: or how you know we're um so i'm not coming this week i hate that i could not or whatever we had it penciled in but just due to some other things that we could have coming up along with yeah you know we spent a whole lot of money to send me to austin texas a few weeks ago for alabama versus <laughs> texas as well so unfortunately no i'm not going to be able to make it down there or get someone else to come down there but you know we will still make sure we have our highlights and um I'll work with our local coaches show to make sure that we have like a reaction for our Sunday night show as well. So, you know, I'll probably be looking at like a whole lot of other people on ESPN plus this upcoming uh, weekend. But still think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I know Butch and Jorge are going to be on the call, so should definitely be able to enjoy that, which means that Tiffany Green won't be able to give you all that broadcaster's uh, advantage in the situation with the home field stuff (laughs) In, in that scenario. As well, so – but, yeah, uh, we won't be able to make it down or whatever this upcoming week in general, but we'll still find a way to get our lights all in all. I hate that we can't, but, obviously, when you're up here and you you cover four different college teams, which includes Alabama A&M, University of North Alabama, University of Alabama, and also Auburn University, we have to kind of just do the what makes sense in most cases, scenarios. So, you know, unfortunately – we had to put that one on, on the chopping block or whatever as well. Also, you know, we got we SEC play begins for both Alabama and Auburn and also University of North Alabama. They've got homecoming this upcoming weekend against Tarleton State, which will not be an easy task at all in, in general. They took a big one on the chin last week against Chattanooga as well. So, uh, But, yeah, we'll still have everything covered from a media standpoint, just not being there in person. But to answer your other question, you can locate me on social media, it's, uh, on Twitter, it's Mo, M-O, Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R, Fox 54, and then on, um, uh, on Facebook, my work Facebook is Mo Carter, uh, WZDX News.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Mo, man, you've been, uh, great. A time. Mo. always, always, yeah. love talking to you, uh, and, uh, we'll, uh. We'll we'll talk later offline about what happened to Southern over the weekend. Mo, we'll we'll talk about that on another show, another time.
6: I hate to bring that up, but <laughs> oh, man. It, look, it, it it was a rough room, But I'll tell you this: at least I can keep calm or whatever. You should have heard some of the words my wife was saying watching that game as, as well. To where I'm like, let me go sit my let me go sit our child in another room. <laughs> oh wow! All let's, right, let's, let's just no. let's just say let's just say that.
1: <laughs> wow, love it, love it. Hey, Mo, man, have a good show tonight. Hey, thank you for your time this evening and all your great insight. All right, you guys, yeah. go make sure to find Mo. Follow Mo, It's a great follow on Twitter. Lots of good info uh, from the area, not only just Alabama AM, but the SWAC in general. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone.
0: One bite of 100% Angus Beef ballpark, Frank,
4: and you'll say. Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season.
0: Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S dot com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Let's get back to strolling instead of
3: scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam.
5: If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before.
0: This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app, as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dasher, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports, with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
1: back to the OMG strike zone Brian Kelvin and Kofi here. All right, we're going to we're going to go with a new segment here and hopefully soon we'll be we'll be mixing you guys who are watching the show, you'll get a chance to interact with us. But since this is, this is like the trial of it, we're going to stick to our resident famu experts Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. I am the master of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the of the game, the game show host. You guys are the contestants. I will ask a trivia question. You guys will have to answer. Uh, One point if you answer correct. And if you miss it, the other person has the opportunity to steal and earn the point. Okay? First person to score five points will win the contest. We will alternate from person to person. So, Kelvin, Kof, Kofi, are you there? Do I have you? Or are you just staring at me intently uh, as I wait to make sure that your signal is working well? All right. It no, looks I, like that's I'd what's happening. Yeah. So while we wait for him, Kelvin, let's quickly set some of the uh, SWAT contest this upcoming weekend. Um, this is actually, now, this isn't a full schedule. We've got. Uh, hey, Brian.
3: Brian, before, yes. before we go there, can we talk about the MIAC real quick?
1: Talk about the MIAC? In what way?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, they had an got, awesome week last Out of conference. Out of conference. I'll give you Just got go me, to
0: mention
1: it. Uh, go, okay, hey, congratulations to the Miak. There's my mention. Well, I'll give you a minute. Say what you want to say about the MIAC. We're not in the Miak anymore. Hey, so man. I don't really, hey, you know, man. It, Hey, but they they,
3: HBCU. they HBCUs. Hey, they HBCUs too, and and I, I like to give flowers when people when they when when they earn them. So uh, you know the men was really impressive this week. North Carolina Central went to a ranked North, what was New Hampshire, and New Hampshire, uh, blew them right. out. Not just one, blew yep. them out the water so much so that North Carolina Central entered the polls. And everybody, LCS polls now. They either 25, anywhere from 25 to 19. And then you had also winning out of conference, a game that I watched Morgan State beat Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart is supposed to be, I think they're in the NEC, something like that. I think they were supposed to be yeah. preseason favorites. They,
1: they won the conference um, and, last um, year, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and so Morgan State uh, defeated them soundly. As a matter of fact, uh everybody won uh, one out of conference except North Oak State. Norfolk State lost to Hampton, yes. of course, seventeen to seven. But uh, man, they, they 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 were impressive last week, um, with their out of, out of conference games and I just had I just wanted to mention that. It didn't go it didn't go unnoticed. And um I don't know, man, the way Central playing with that quarterback right now, man. Uh South Carolina State, oof. It's, and Morgan, I'm just telling you, that thing is going to be more difficult than what we thought at when the season began. Well,
2: don't sleep on any other teams in the MEAC right now. All of them are actually pretty good. Hey, hey, when it comes to Howard.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you say that, though, but Howard Howard has an explosive offense, and really, if you, you don't look sleep at on defense... Exactly, don't sleep on Howard. They, they, they just haven't put it, they haven't put a consistent four quarters together. Yes, they may be sleep offensively, but while the while the offense is sleeping, <laughs> the defense has been playing well. <laughs> y'all feel, y'all foolish. Um but but yeah, it'll be I don't know, conference they're still in the non-conference part of their season. So I guess right. by the time we get to mid-October is when they'll start getting into conference play. So it'll be interesting then. All right, so Kofi, did you hear the rules of the contest? Did you hear the game show that we're doing? Did you Did you hear Did you hear the rules?
2: Maybe we not spoke.
1: Maybe what? I don't know what What did he say, Kelvin? See, this is why I was going to have a guest come on, but
3: uh, like he froze up again.
1: Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get this contest off because of whatever reason No no let, let's see I, let's
3: let's scratch let's leave it. Let, let's go oh, with come on.
1: I've, I've done all this doggone research. Come on, do, do two, questions. two questions. Two questions. Come on, man. Come on. Two. It's more than two. It's 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 uh okay. All right, <laughs> we'll we'll give it a try. You guys, man. All right, so uh who wants to go let me see uh let me see who's uh, let me see think of a number between one and ten kelvin go seven kofi eight all right it was six so kelvin you get to go first um kofi you go second all right first question now again if uh kelvin you don't get it kofi you can steal it okay name of the game show is do you remember I thought my producer was gonna sing, but she's not gonna sing. So okay, here we go. Um, how many shutouts does have FAMU recorded against Alabama AM Kelvin? How many shutouts has Florida AM recorded against Alabama AM? I g I give yeah, you I'll give you like ten seconds and then I'll and then I'll cool. incorrect. Kofi, you have a chance to steal. You would be correct. It is two point to Kofi uh, 1942. They beat him 32 to nothing. And then 1978 42 to nothing. Okay. Good job, Kofi. All right, Kofi, this question is for you. Um, most, what are the most points? FAMU has lost by in the two games that FAMU has won. The most points FAMU has lost by in the two games to Alabama AM is it over or under seven points? Over or under seven points? Over. That is incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, Kelvin, I'll let you steal if you can tell me how under. many points under. Yeah, I, uh, obviously, but <laughs> how many? How many? In order to get the points on this one, Kelvin, you got to tell me how many.
3: Oh, no, man, you can't be changing the rules on me now.
1: Okay, okay. See, uh, uh, okay. That's all right. I'll have, have to rethink the questions on this and do that better. But, yes, I'm, how many? How many? How many under? I give a it guess anyway, season? though. Let, let's, let's say five. It's actually six. It's actually six. Uh, one point in 1971, five points in 1979. Okay, this question is to you, Kelvin. Who was the head coach for Florida A&M the first time they lost to Alabama A&M? Who was the head coach for FAMU the first time they lost to Alabama A&M? Brad? No. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Incorrect, Kofi. You have a chance to steal. You have five seconds.
2: I'm gonna say Coach Pete.
1: That would be incorrect as well. For one year, Clarence Montgomery, 1971, they lost 13 to 14. It was only he was only year 1971. All right, so nobody got the point. Uh, this one goes to Kofi. This FAMU tailback set a new single-season rushing record in the 1978 homecoming game against Alabama A&M. Who was he, Kofi?
2: He just passed. Not that long ago. He just had his funeral.
1: And his name?
2: I'm having a brain fart right now. Yeah, him.
1: All right, so hold on, my judges. Are my judges, are we giving Kofi the point there? Are we no, I get, I, it. I get the point. Well, <laughs> well I mean, he <laughs> – I knew who he was talking All about. Right. That's it. You knew who he... – okay, so uh, I'm going to give you each half a point there. All right, half half a point. All right, this one's for you, uh, Kelvin. We're going first one to three here since this game is taking a little longer than I thought. Okay, uh, Kelvin. Who holds the FAMU single-season rushing record? Who holds the single-season FAMU single-season rushing record?
3: Single-season.
1: Single-season. You have five seconds. Al Frazier. Incorrect. Kofi? Tony Barber? No, incorrect as well. It would be Kwame Vidal, 1995, mm. when he surpassed Ike Williams, 1,284. He only he surpassed him by 10 yards, by 10 yards. Kwame Vidal, that right.
2: was Joe era.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. I think this is your question, Kofi. Might be a bit of uh okay, we'll see what happens. Kofi, the last FAMU running back, to have a touchdown of 80 or more yards in a game was who?
2: Bishop Bonnet. Last year, Alabama a and that,
1: that would be correct. I was there. Correct. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. We were there. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> All right. Kelvin, this one's for you. Which quarter has FAMU not scored a point? This season, which quarter has FAMU not scored a point in this season? Four. You are correct. All right. All right. Here we go. Sudden death now. Sudden death. Okay. Sudden death. Now, both of you have two and a half points. The uh, win and we go forward here. I'm looking for my best question here. Um, okay, Rudy Hubbard. Who who gets this question? I've lost track. Who gets this question? Is it Kelvin (laughs) or Kofi? (laughs) Everybody, everybody get it. All right, all right, okay. All right, so this is okay. First person to call their name out gets this, and then you have to answer. So you must answer by calling your name out first. Okay, okay. What is Willie Simmons's? all-time career record as head coach against Alabama AM. and m kelvin whats Willie's 4 uh, Kelvin, your name was called first. What is your answer?
3: Head coach at Alabama at, at FAMU, three and
1: zero. I I said are correct sir three and oh it was it was all time as a head coach all time as a head okay. coach didn't have to say not at FAMU because he's only one and oh at FAMU he was also two and oh uh at Preview uh there and so all right so with that I'm in the money Kelvin, I'm
3: in Kelvin the money have
1: won that contest so uh, all right No, hey so that was hot. what are your thoughts of do you remember you think this is something that we could go forward with in the future and involve fans versus Kelvin or Kofi. Yeah. Maybe sorta. keep,
3: keep, keep it keep 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 it to about five questions
1: though. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll have to work on that. Okay, uh let's get into uh as we get ready to wrap up and close out the show here. Let's get into the contest for this upcoming week. Um as I was saying earlier, this is a swag schedule where Five teams, five SWAC games. Swack B swack is happening this week. Um, the only non-contest is do, 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 do. Texas Southern, who's taking on UTSA. So, Texas Southern, after their big win, uh, they are on the road taking on UTSA, who I think gave – who did UTSA just play? They just played somebody really tough this past week but anyway so it'll be interesting to see um, we've got Mississippi Valley State uh, at Jackson State uh, that is a 1 p.m. central game in Jackson uh, Jackson State is like a 24 and a half point favorite according to Massey 24, State, 24 that's, and a all? Half. that's it. you think you think yeah that's it that's right that's what the computer says you think that's low I might be <laughs> hey well you know I uh, looks yeah, like you said, it'd be interesting to see what the actual line is. Grambling travels to Bethune Cookman. Bethune is actually rated as a two point favorite. That's a one PM Eastern time in Daytona.
2: Let's yeah, I'm gonna go for there. Cookman go on this one. This is a Cookman You're special. Cookman. Cookman special. I'm going with Cookman. This is a Cookman special. They playing at home. They beat them last year in the hole. Um, grandma's coming in off a of high thinking that they all that in the bag of chips because they hung in with Jackson State. This is a Cookman special, uh,
1: they got slaughtered in the up, second half. No I don't know about, yeah, I'm like, grandma got, yeah, destroyed I don't know about that one,
2: buddy. But,
3: but we're finna do our predictions. Go ahead, finish up so we can do these predictions.
1: Uh, preview at <laughs> Alabama State. Alabama State was on Ooh, a, five. That's a good game. They are. Th- yeah, uh, Prairie View is actually a three-and-a-half favorite on the road. That's a 6 p.m. Central game in Montgomery. Uh, of course, our game, our game is uh, a you. 6 p.m. Eastern game. We are a three-and-a-half point favorite over Alabama a and then an interesting matchup, Arkansas-Ponwell versus Alcorn State. All corns at home. and A corn. ten and a half point favorite. corns. that's corn. on HBCU Go. That's on HBCU all Go. Corn. Okay, so you, you're just shouting out uh, responses here, Kofi. So <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's go to our let's go to our predictions. These are the picks now, Kofi. So let's go. Five games. Here we go. First one. Now, this wasn't one of the ones I just read, but I think it's a 7 p.m. in Greensboro, North Carolina. South Carolina
4: State.
1: Yes, States. South Carolina State at a and T. A and t is actually a two-and-a-half point favorite by Massey. Who do you have, Kofi? You're shaking your head. Who SC have? State. South SC Carolina State. State. Kelvin, who, who do you got?
2: By 14. Hunker down hot dogs. Hunker down dogs. I'm
3: going – oh, boom dogs. Um, I'm, I'm like, going with South are, Carolina I'm, Yeah, I'm State. like, who
1: are you talking about? You going with South Carolina State? Yep. Man, I.
3: And Buddy Pew, I believe.
1: Yeah, I, and hadn't South Carolina State won this game the last few times?
3: No. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. AT? No. Nah, A&T A&T been A&T has a number. number.
1: years yeah yeah okay with that said, then I'm gonna at first I was gonna go a and t but I think I'm gonna take South Carolina the road dogs the road Bulldogs on this one, okay, I'm gonna take South Carolina state, so I think we all got South Carolina state Gramblings at Bethune. who do we like in this one? I you've already seen cookman. your piece, I think Kofi you got a Cookman special Kelvin, who do you got?
3: I got gremlin, I don't trust cookman. I don't trust their coaching frankly, so Grambling showed me a little something, what they potentially can have. If they stick with running the ball, I think they'll be fine. I'm going to go with Grambling.
1: I agree with you in the standpoint of Grambling surprised me getting a win after getting destroyed the week before. Now they got destroyed in the second half. I, I think that refocus and attention to detail by the coaches and the players will be a good move for Grambling. I think Grambling will win that ball game on the road. Okay, Prairie View traveling to Alabama State. Alabama State was on a bye last week. Prairie View lost at home. But Prairie View is, will probably be a road favorite. Who do you guys like?
5: Uh,
2: that's a tough game.
4: Because Alabama that's State tough, plays
2: yeah. good at home. And them referees in Montgomery, whoo, I'm trying to tell you. Them people is blind. I'm, they is blind as a bat. The the only because thing keeps me up. from picking. That's a, it's toss a toss up game. Now I, I,
3: I'm I'm going with the home team. Home I'm going team. To Alabama State.
2: Yeah, I think Prairie View should win this game, but ooh, them referees in in Montgomery, they're awful. Yeah, I but I'm gonna go with Prairie View. I'm gonna go with Prairie View. I think they have the. They've seen the tougher competition. I think they're going to bring a different measure of physicality to Alabama State. I will say the difference is going to be the QB play from Alabama State. Um, I just think that they can make plays. Their quarterback is more dynamic. Uh, His defense is really good. So if they played against Andrew Boddy and they played against him and they did what they did against them, you see that Texas Southern is not a bad team. Give me preview.
1: Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go preview too. I I think uh, I'm in agreement with you. I got there's a reason I thought Prairie View would would win the uh uh or no no I picked oh, West. Prairie. I keep getting that confused. Yeah. Um. They both purple and gold. Keep it moving. Yeah, I know that's how I got confused. I, I think I'm a, I'll roll preview on this one. All right. Uh, the next game UAPB. Three and one record by UAPB, I think. Either two and one or three and one. Traveling to Allcorn State just got their though. first win. Allcorn. Oh, okay. Uh All Kofi's corn. got Alcorn. Kelvin, who you got?
3: Is is in Lorman. I gotta go with Alcorn. Yes. I, I think Pine Blow may be a little bit better than what we anticipated though. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it close early. But I just can't see them going to Alcorn and winning.
1: Hey, remember the all, uh, uh, what Pine Bluff season turned on a dime last year when they lost that game on primetime. That was a Thursday night game that they were leading, and then all of a sudden they lost that game, and everything just kind of fell apart. Uh, Yeah, this is a show-me game for UAPB because yeah, they have been beating up on mm-hmm. some cupcakes and so I, I – but I'm going to stick with Alcorn. I'm going with the home team on this one. Okay, that brings us to our Alabama a and famu game uh, right there in Bragg Stadium. Let's go score and bold prediction. Score and bold prediction. Uh, let me, I don't know what's Kofi doing there, but I'm going to start with you, Kelvin, because that's a little disturbing. I don't know what's going on there with his video. Uh Go, go ahead, Kelvin. Don't
3: this game scared win. me a little more than it, it, at first it did. When I look at who Alabama and has played, I know they o and three, but they played really good competition, and um, they they been getting progressively progressively better each game, and they they've been I'm tested.
5: So
3: we're coming off a bye week, so um, we we kind of banged up in the backfield. Then I don't know what Moose is going to do. Is Moose going to improve? That's the question. I'm going with AMU. I mean, we don't lose at home at the end of the day, and my bowl prediction is what I is kind of what I predicted against Alabama State if Musa slips, McKay, the McKay, McKay going to be there. And we can't be stubborn about that. But we need to we need to run the ball for sure to help him out
1: <coughs> against uh, Albany State. So what's your bold prediction? What's the, what's the, you got uh, what's your bold prediction? I, and I missed the score there.
3: Uh, the score, let me go. 30 Twenty-eight. Because uh, the other part of that is, if if you look at if you look at what our defense did against them last year, yeah. If you look at what they did against us last year, last year's game, um, I I thought that uh we you know that was the first game where I said I thought that we were not aggressive enough, right? We we kind of gave them too much respect. We kind of just tried to keep everything in front of us. And our first three games this year we kind of been that way also, so that concerns me um I have to see the uh you know a better defensive effort but so 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 yeah, I think it's gonna be close man I think it's gonna be a dog fight all right
1: um Kofi score and prediction
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna say fam you um. 24 um and M 14.
1: Uh okay. Any bold prediction outside of that?
2: Uh Musa doesn't throw an inner well, I can't say that doggone it. I won't say it, but I can't say it. Um <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Fam use defense picks gets two turnovers. Okay. I'm gonna put it like that. FAMU's defense gets all two right. turnovers.
1: Okay, all right. Um, I am going to go with a Musa bold prediction. Uh, I'm going. Let's see. Now, I don't think did he throw for three hundred against North Carolina?
2: Two.
3: It was two something. It
1: was like two. Okay, it was so I don't want to say. Yeah. Okay, so I'm predicting this will be his first three hundred yard passing game of the season. Um, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really going with. In that. <laughs> I'm I'm going with a I'm score. Good, We're um, throw going that st- Stop it. Uh 2721. FMU 2721. Uh I like I like moves to go for three hundred plus and two touchdown passes. So uh I don't know. That that's my bold prediction uh for this weekend. Um Okay, uh Kel- Kelvin, I know you'll be there. Kofi, will we see you this weekend?
2: Oh, you're going to see me. I've got to do a, a pregame show in Atlanta. Uh, but, so I'll be coming from Atlanta, but I'll be back. I'm going to sit in my section. I like sitting in my section, see? Because I know if I come up there. <laughs> you might bump into people. <laughs> no, I don't mind bumping into people. I don't mind. Okay. Listen, I don't mind bumping into people, but I like to enjoy the game. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I don't like, sure. you know, my Section O people, we talk noise up there in Section O. We do what we do. It's right there on the 50. We have a good time. I can see everything. Right. I love the atmosphere and dealing with my people. Queen Bee talks all her noise. We talk trash. Floyd and his family, they're not going to be there this weekend. So uh, I like sitting in my section. I don't know. I'm going to pray about it.
1: Let's make sure. Because I got we my finding-
2: thing. See, I can't see you before the game. See, every time I see you before the game and during the game, we lose. So, no, I ain't sitting with y'all. I'm gonna sit over on section O, and don't come you over there. The- the- <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. See, that's so,
2: that's yeah, so boy, random, You stay over there on, gonna-
1: the, on the west side. We <laughs> don't need
2: to see you till after the game. Well,
1: look, I we we would like for you to be a part of the post game show. Uh, we'll try okay. to figure out how we're gonna make all that happen. Uh, Post game show. Why can't we? Uh, can we, we just do it get from uh, the stadium?
2: No, let's uh, let's try uh, Lawson. we can make arrangements ahead of time with uh, Padilla, real quick, we should be able to at least get on the floor. I mean, just you know, yeah. like right there in the lobby area when you enter in, they can let us yeah. in there and just do that.
1: Okay. We should be um, good. All right. All right, let me uh let me figure out what kind of technical stuff we need to make that happen, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. All right, uh, thank you. I gotta to say, uh, Doctor Lori, uh, in the chat room managing managing handling business. Uh, Man, today. she kicked we, them J State you. Tigers out of there. Boy, she she
2: wasn't uh, playing know. tonight. She
1: kicked. My brother Ava, yeah, she, she, she kicked. She didn't want to mute him or nothing. She, she just kicked booted Spence him out. To the curb. <laughs> uh but uh, we we appreciate. She you. did say this is a of space.
3: My last
6: warning, yeah, you
1: know. I I saw that. I, I wasn't she did she want them. She did. She did. I uh, did man, want them. We, we, we thank you. Hey, and uh thank you for everybody for being a part of the discussion and all your comments. Look forward to going back and reading them all throughout the course of the show. Uh make sure to hit the thumbs up button if you didn't already on your way out the door. Uh support the ONG. Uh there's many ways that you could do that. Um, you know, on our Twitter feed, I'll make sure to send out a link how you can do that. Uh, we've even got the little tip thing. You can do that on YouTube nowadays. Uh, we're trying to see if we can take our show on the road to Grambling. That's a big destination. Maybe we can take our show on the road to Grambling. And then hopefully for homecoming, we can find a, uh, a spot where we can host a meet and greet. Maybe like a Friday night meet and greet or something where we could, you know, have a little O&G social. So if you guys got any ideas... Hit us up, send us an email, ONG uh, strikezone at gmail.com if you got some suggestions on where we can do some of this stuff at. Always your support is greatly appreciated. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google and Apple Play Store and look for the podcast on the BCSN Pod Zone. But the biggest thing you can do for us guys. Share the show with Rattler Nation. This show continues to grow. We know people are watching. We know people are listening. Continue to share it. We want to. We need the followers and all that. We need the numbers to get up. So let's help us. Uh, we're trying to get to a thousand by homecoming. You know, on the on the Twitter and Instagram. You know, that's small time. You know, but but you know, we're doing it organically. We're not buying any followers. So we're doing it all organically, all true, legitimate likes and subscribers and follows. We're not buying anything, so can't afford it. But anyway, uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to our producer, Mel, for hanging in there and working with us. Appreciate you guys. And uh, for my guys, Kofi and Kelvin, I'm Brian. And uh, Rattler Nation, be safe, be strong. And when you get up to Tallahassee and you see a bulldog, you just let that bulldog know, watch out for these rattlers, because we're going to strike, strike and strike again, baby. Peace out.